Chapter Six of Abraham Lincoln: A History, Volume Five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Abraham Lincoln: A History, Volume Five, by John Hay and John George Nicolay. Chapter Six: Lincoln Directs Cooperation. The president was highly gratified when Halleck wrote from the Department of Missouri under date of December 19 to McClellan, who was yet general-in-chief, that the discipline of the troops was improving, that sundry minor expeditions had been successful, that Price would be ruined in Missouri by another retreat, and that he hoped soon to be able to attack him under favoring conditions also that he was gradually curing the serious disorders in military administration bequeathed him by fremont an excellent letter wrote lincoln as an endorsement though he also noted his regret that halleck was unfavorably impressed with lane on the kansas border from whose cooperation under hunter with a quasi-independent column the president had hoped for substantial benefit but the prospect at washington was not so encouraging except to organize drill and review the army of the potomac to make an unfruitful reconnaissance and to suffer the lamentable ball's bluff disaster mcclellan had nothing to show for his five months of local and two months of chief command the splendid autumn weather the wholesome air and dry roads had come and gone rain snow and mud crippling clogs to military movements in all lands and epochs were to be expected for a quarter if not for half the coming year besides all this mcclellan had fallen seriously ill with most urgent need of early action every prospect of securing it seemed to be thus cut off in this dilemma lincoln turned to the western commanders general mcclellan is sick he telegraphed to halleck on the last day of the year are general buell and yourself in concert the following day he repeated his inquiry or rather his prompting suggestion that mcclellan being incapable of work buell and halleck should at once establish a vigorous and hearty cooperation their replies were not specially promising there is no arrangement between general halleck and myself responded buell adding that he depended on mcclellan for instructions to this end while halleck said i have never received a word from general buell i am not ready to cooperate with him adding in his turn that he had written to mcclellan and that too much haste would ruin everything plainly therefore the military machine both east and west was not only at a complete standstill but was without a program of what avail then were mcclellan's office and function of general-in-chief if such a contingency revealed either his incapacity or his neglect the force of this question is immensely increased when we see how in the same episode mcclellan's acts followed lincoln's suggestions however silent and confiding in the skill and energy of his generals the president had studied the military situation with unremitting diligence in his telegram of december thirty one to halleck he started a pregnant inquiry when he buell moves on bowling green what hinders it being reinforced from columbus and he asked the same question at the same time of buell 
halleck seems to have had no answer to make buell sent the only reply that was possible there is nothing to prevent bowling green being reinforced from columbus if a military force is not brought to bear on the latter place the sequel proves that lincoln was not content to permit this know-nothing and do-nothing policy to continue i have just been with general mcclellan and he is much better he wrote the day after new year's and in this interview the necessity for action and the telegrams from the western commanders were fully discussed as becomes evident from the fact that the following day mcclellan wrote a letter to halleck containing an earnest suggestion to remedy the neglect and need pointed out by lincoln's dispatch of december thirty one in this letter mcclellan advised an expedition up the cumberland river a demonstration on columbus and a feint on the tennessee river all for the purpose of preventing reinforcements from joining buckner and johnston at bowling green whom buell was preparing to attack meanwhile lincoln's dispatch of inquiry had renewed the attention and perhaps aroused the ambition of buell he and halleck had after lincoln's prompting interchanged dispatches about concerted action halleck reported a withdrawal of troops from missouri almost impossible to which buell replied that the great power of the rebellion in the west is arrayed on a line from columbus to bowling green and that two gunboat expeditions with a support of twenty thousand men should attack its centre by way of the cumberland and tennessee rivers and that whatever is done should be done speedily within a few days halleck however did not favorably entertain the proposition his reply discussed an altogether different question he said it would be madness for him with his forces to attempt any serious operation against camp beauregard or columbus and that if buell's bowling green movement required his help it ought to be delayed a few weeks when he could probably furnish some troops leaving altogether unanswered buell's suggestion for the movement up the cumberland and tennessee halleck stated his strong disapproval of the bowling green movement and on the same day he repeated these views a little more fully in a letter to the president premising that he could not then withdraw any troops from missouri without risking the loss of this state he said i know nothing of general buell's intended operations never having received any information in regard to the general plan of campaign if it be intended that his column shall move on bowling green while another moves from cairo or paducah on columbus or camp beauregard it will be a repetition of the same strategic error which produced the disaster of bull run to operate on exterior lines against an enemy occupying a central position will fail as it always has failed in ninety-nine cases out of a hundred it is condemned by every military authority i have ever read general buell's army and the forces at paducah occupy precisely the same position in relation to each other and to the enemy as did the armies of mcdowell and patterson before the battle of bull run lincoln finding in these replies but a continuation not only of the delay but also of the want of plans and especially of energetic 
joint action which had thus far in a majority of cases marked the operations of the various commanders was not disposed further to allow matters to remain in such unfruitful conditions under his prompting mcclellan on this same sixth of january wrote to buell halleck from his own account will not soon be in a condition to support properly a movement up the cumberland why not make the movement independently of and without waiting for that and on the next day lincoln followed this inquiry with a still more energetic monition please name as early a day as you safely can on or before which you can be ready to move southward in concert with major-general halleck delay is ruining us and it is indispensable for me to have something definite i send a like dispatch to major-general halleck this peremptory order seems to have brought nothing except a reply from halleck i have asked general buell to designate a day for a demonstration to assist him it is all i can do till i get arms three days later halleck's already quoted letter of the sixth reached washington by mail and after its perusal the president endorsed upon it with a heart sickness easily discernible in the words the within is a copy of a letter just received from general halleck it is exceedingly discouraging as everywhere else nothing can be done nevertheless something was being done very little at the moment it is true but enough to form the beginning of momentous results on the same day on which halleck had written the discouraging letter commented upon by the president he had also transmitted to grant at cairo the direction i wish you to make a demonstration in force on mayfield and in the direction of murray the object was as he further explained to prevent reinforcements being sent to buckner at bowling green he was to threaten camp beauregard and murray to create the impression that not only was dover fort donelson to be attacked but that a great army to be gathered in the west was to sweep down towards nashville his own column being merely an advance guard flag officer foot was to assist by a gunboat demonstration be very careful however added halleck to avoid a battle we are not ready for that but cut off detached parties and give your men a little experience in skirmishing if this order had gone to an unwilling or negligent officer he could have found in his surrounding conditions abundant excuse for evasion and non-compliance there was at cairo as at every other army post large or small lack of officers of organization of arms of equipments of transportation of that multitude of things considered necessary to the efficiency of moving troops but in the west the sudden increase of armies brought to command and to direction and management a large proportion of civilians lacking methodical instruction and experience which was without question a serious defect but which left them free to invent and adopt whatever expedients circumstances might suggest or which rendered them satisfied and willing to enter upon undertakings amid a want of preparation and means which better information might have led them to think indispensable the detailed reports and orders of the expedition we are describing clearly indicate these latter characteristics we learn from them that the weather was bad the roads heavy 
quartermaster's department and transportation deficient and gunboats without adequate crews yet nowhere does it appear that these things were treated as impediments halleck's instructions dated january sixth were received by grant on the morning of the eighth and his answer was that immediate preparations were being made for carrying them out and that flag officer andrew h foote would cooperate with three gunboats the continuous rains for the last week or more says grant have rendered the roads extremely bad and will necessarily make our movements slow this however will operate worse upon the enemy if he should come out to meet us than upon us the movement began on the evening of january nine and its main delay occurred through halleck's orders it was fully resumed on the twelfth brigadier-general john a mcclernand with five thousand men marched southward generally parallel to the mississippi river to mayfield midway between fort henry and columbus and pushed a reconnaissance close up to the latter place brigadier-general c f smith starting from paducah marched a strong column southward generally parallel to the tennessee river to callaway near fort henry foote and grant with three gunboats two of them new ironclads ascended the tennessee to fort henry drew the fire of the fort and threw several shells into the works we need not describe the routes the precautions the marching and counter-marching to mystify the enemy while the rebels were yet expecting a further advance the several detachments were already well on their return the expedition says grant if it had no other effect served as a fine reconnaissance but it had more positive results fort henry and columbus were thoroughly alarmed and drew in their outposts while the union forces learned from inspection that the route offered a feasible line of march to attack and invest columbus and demonstrated the inherent weakness and vulnerability of fort henry this be it remembered was done with raw forces and without preparation but with officers and men responding alike promptly to every order and executing their task more than cheerfully even eagerly with such means as were at hand when the order came the reconnaissance thus made reports mcclernand completed a march of one hundred and forty miles by the cavalry and seventy-five miles by the infantry over icy or miry roads during a most inclement season he further reports that the circumstances of the case prevented me from taking on leaving cairo the five days supply of rations and forage directed by the commanding officer of this district hence the necessity of an early resort to other sources of supply none other presented but to quarter upon the enemy or to purchase from loyal citizens i accordingly resorted to both expedients as i had opportunity lincoln's prompting did not end with merely having produced this reconnaissance the president's patience was well-nigh exhausted and while his uneasiness drove him to no act of rashness it caused him to repeat his admonitions and suggestions in addition to his telegraphs and letters to the western commanders between december thirty one and january six he wrote to both on january thirteen to point out how advantage might be taken of the military condition as it then existed 
halleck had emphasized the danger of moving on exterior lines and insisted that it was merely repeating the error committed at bull run and would as inevitably lead to disaster lincoln in his letter showed that the defeat at bull run did not result from movement on exterior lines but from failure to use exterior lines with judgment and concert and he further illustrated how the western armies might now by judicious cooperation secure important military results my dear sir your dispatch of yesterday is received in which you say i have received your letter and general mcclellan's and will at once devote all my efforts to your views and his in the midst of my many cares i have not seen nor asked to see general mcclellan's letter to you for my own views i have not offered and do not now offer them as orders and while i am glad to have them respectfully considered i would blame you to follow them contrary to your own clear judgment unless i should put them in the form of orders as to general mcclellan's views you understand your duty in regard to them better than i do with this preliminary i state my general idea of this war to be that we have the greater numbers and the enemy has the greater facility of concentrating forces upon points of collision that we must fail unless we can find some way of making our advantage an overmatch for his and that this can only be done by menacing him with superior forces at different points at the same time so that we can safely attack one or both if he makes no change and if he weakens one to strengthen the other forbear to attack the strengthened one but seize and hold the weakened one gaining so much to illustrate suppose last summer when winchester ran away to reinforce manassas we had forborne to attack manassas but had seized and held winchester i mentioned this to illustrate and not to criticize i did not lose confidence in mcdowell and i think less harshly of patterson than some others seem to in application of the general rule i am suggesting every particular case will have its modifying circumstances among which the most constantly present and most difficult to meet will be the want of perfect knowledge of the enemy's movements this had its part in the bull run case but worse in that case was the expiration of the terms of the three months men applying the principle to your case my idea is that halleck shall menace columbus and down river generally while you menace bowling green and east tennessee if the enemy shall concentrate at bowling green do not retire from his front yet do not fight him there either but seize columbus and east tennessee one or both left exposed by the concentration at bowling green it is a matter of no small anxiety to me and one which i am sure you will not overlook that the east tennessee line is so long and over so bad a road this letter was addressed to buell but a copy of it was also sent to halleck buell made no reply but halleck sent an indirect answer a week later in a long letter to general mcclellan under date of january twenty the communication is not a model of correspondence when we remember that it emanated from a trained writer upon military science it is long and somewhat rambling it finds fault with politics and politicians in war in evident ignorance of both politics and politicians 
it charges that past want of success is attributable to the politicians rather than to the generals in plain contradiction of the actual facts it condemns pepper-box strategy and recommends detached operations in the same breath the more noticeable point of the letter is that while reiterating that the general-in-chief had furnished no general plan and while the principal commanders had neither unity of views nor concert of action it ventures though somewhat feebly to recommend a combined system of operations for the west the idea of moving down the mississippi by steam says halleck in this letter is in my opinion impracticable or at least premature it is not a proper line of operations at least now a much more feasible plan is to move up the cumberland and tennessee making nashville the first objective point this would turn columbus and force the abandonment of bowling green this line of the cumberland or tennessee is the great central line of the western theatre of war with the ohio below the mouth of green river as the base and two good navigable rivers extending far into the interior of the theatre of operations but the plan should not be attempted without a large force not less than sixty thousand effective men the idea was by no means new buell had tentatively suggested it to mcclellan as early as november twenty seven and had again specifically elaborated it as the most important strategical point in the whole field of operations to mcclellan on december twenty nine and as the centre of the rebellion front in the west to halleck on january three yet recognizing this line as the enemy's chief weakness mcclellan at washington buell at louisville and halleck at st louis holding the president's unlimited trust and authority had allowed nearly two months to elapse directing the government power to other objects to the neglect not alone of military success but of plans of cooperation of counsel of intention to use this great and recognized military advantage until the country was fast losing confidence and even hope even now halleck did not propose immediately to put his theory into practice like buell he was calling for more troops for the politicians to supply it is impossible to guess when he might have been ready to move on his great strategic line if subordinate officers more watchful and enterprising had not in a measure forced the necessity upon his attention End of chapter 6